Good morning. It's great to see people coming back. Jesus mentions the heart in today's gospel, the heart. And if you pay attention, the heart, our hearts, occurs over and over again in the liturgy. In fact, the very first prayer that occurs is a prayer, a colic for purity, the purity of our hearts. You can see that it says, Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Well, if that's true, we should probably say, wow. And the next part is a prayer that the Holy Spirit would cleanse the thoughts of our hearts in order that we may perfectly love God. Because the day that we perfectly love God will be the day that we no longer sin. Because if we perfectly love God with all of our heart, we would not sin. Later, in the liturgy because we fail to do that in the confession we confess that we have not loved God with our whole hearts right there we go again it comes up again after that confession we come to the great thanksgiving and the celebrant says lift up your hearts lift up our hearts to God to be in communion with God to love God, to hear from God, to receive from God. So the heart occurs over and over again, just in our liturgy, in our worship. Now, the heart is a vast subject in the Christian tradition, but basically, the heart is the same thing as the center of a person's being. In fact, the heart is, in fact, the person himself. Uh, the heart is the location of our will, of our conscience, of our desires, of our loving, our dependence of God, our conscience, the spiritual life, all of that takes place within what is called the heart. And Philip Sherrod, who is a uh, Christian philosopher, he says this about the heart in our Christian tradition. He says, the receptacle of grace the place of the presence of divine life is where we encounter God in the heart. And in union with God, we become integrated and transfigured beings. The art of the spiritual life is therefore to become conscious of the treasure hidden in the heart. To become conscious of the real but unapprehended presence of God in the heart. Part of our great challenge in today's world is that we are going too fast and we're too distracted to stop and go into the heart. And what is the treasure hidden in our hearts? It is Christ, the hope of glory. That's a wonderful, wonderful thought. Another uh, Saint, Saint Macarius has this to say about the heart. The heart itself is a small vessel, yet dragons are there, and also lions. There are poisonous beasts and all the treasures of evil. But there, too, is God, the angels, the life, the kingdom, 
the light, and the apostles, the heavenly cities, and the treasuries of grace. All things are there. Isn't that amazing? I love that quote. Our hearts are the center of our personal being. It is the place where we commune with God, with one another, with ourselves even, but it is even the cosmic center of each person where God is there, but also evil and darkness can be there. Jesus says so much. He says, out of the heart, from within our hearts come all of these things. And he has this list of sins. And we may identify with a few of them. Jesus could just keep going on and on and on, but he cut it off right there because he didn't want people to get hungry and then he would have to feed them and it would go off to another thing. But, so from our hearts come all of these things, good things and also bad things. So the second point is our hearts, yours and mine, are divided, they are wounded, and they are distracted. And that's what we struggle against. We don't have to talk very long with adults about the difficulties of our hearts. Paul himself talked about it in the epistle to the Romans, that there is this other law that's going on inside of him that wars against his desire for God and for good and for love. And each one of us find that war going on inside of us. Now, does everybody know what a hologram is? Uh, a hologram is sort of like an invisible TV screen that just appears. Uh, imagine if there was a hologram over our heads, each one of us, and it constantly played for everyone to see all the desires and the thoughts and the things going on in our hearts and minds. Just think if that were happening. And if you didn't actually speak something, but you thought something, it would just read it in a text that's coming over. Now, wouldn't that be a horror? Wouldn't, wouldn't that be a nightmare that people could actually see what you're thinking and feeling and desiring? Oh my gosh! I'm not sure what would happen if that actually took place. The truth is, is that God sees every single thought, every single desire, every single spoken word and unspoken thought. God sees it all. God sees it all. We have this struggle that we are engaged in, and God sees it all. And before we begin to, to talk about this struggle and what to do about it, I have some really good news. God knows all the thoughts of our hearts, and He loves us anyway. Isn't that great news? Isn't that that's about the best news that you're going to hear all year long? For this school year, for this program here in church, some of the best news you're going to hear is that God knows all of our thoughts, all of the good ones, all of the bad ones, all of our struggles, and He loves us anyway. God knows all the thoughts, all the desires, all the words and the unspoken things of your rector. And God loves me anyway. And God loves you anyway. That is really, really good news. 
But we don't want to stop with just receiving the gift of forgiveness. Because God does forgive us. If we repent, if we if we profess that we want to turn from that, if we confess what we've done, God promises to forgive us. And that forgiveness is real. But we want to move forward past just receiving forgiveness to another gift that God gives us, and that's the gift of purification. God gives us the gift of the process of purifying our hearts so that we can commune with God, so we can commune with one another, and that we can be unified within our very selves. And so, because the Lord is so good to us, because the Lord loves us, because we have received His mercy over and over and over again, we are called as His children to move forward, inspired by that love and mercy, to go through this process of purification so we can truly become what God wants us to be and what we desire to be if we are children of God. David, the psalmist says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Those are good, good, good words. Well, Paul uses three images, three metaphors about this process that we're going through. And the first metaphor, the first thing is that we are called to be athletes. We're called to be athletes because we are in a competition. We are in a competition for our hearts. Is God going to reign in our hearts or is sin going to reign there? Or is self going to reign there? We are in a competition. And Paul says, you're ready to run a race, and you're going to have to train. And why would you not try to win this race? You want to win the race to get the crown, but in order to do that, you have to train. You have to say no to yourself over and over again. And you think about people who run marathons, who do Ironman competitions. I was talking to someone who's going to do the Ironman in Hawaii last night at a get-together, and he told me about his training schedule, and it blew my mind. What he has chosen to do with his time and energy, I mean, what he has to go through in order just to survive that race is amazing. People who play professional sports, they will go through all sorts of things in order to be able to play professional sports. We do are in a race, and we have to say no to ourselves, we have to train, we have to even decide that we're in this competition in order to go through this process of purification. Well, the second image is we are warriors, we are in a battle. God gives us armor, God gives us all sorts of strengths and powers, He's given us Christ in our hearts. We will take time to descend there and dwell with them. He's given us the power of the Holy Spirit. We have the Word of God. We have the Holy Eucharist. We have the communion of saints. And all of those things are at our disposal if we choose to use them. So are we getting involved in a group? Are we coming to worship? Are we saying, even though I'd rather stay in bed, I'm not going to do that because I'm an athlete. I'm a warrior. And then the third image, is a farmer. 
a farmer has to cultivate the land and then he has to put in the seed and he has to do his part. But then the farmer has to depend on God to do God's part. And he has to be patient. That's how it is with us. We have to do our part. This process of purification, this gift of God's grace to go through this process, is something that requires our willingness and effort to cooperate with. But God's part is coming too. But we have to be patient. Because we will be in this process of the purification of our hearts for the rest of our lives until our very last breath. And so we have to be patient. We have to be patient with ourselves, as a matter of fact. Well, God knows the thoughts of our hearts. Every single one of us. And I'm glad that you don't know all the thoughts of my heart. And I'm glad that I don't know all the thoughts of your heart. But God knows it all, and He still loves us anyway. We have the gift of forgiveness, but it's time to move on as the children of God into this gift of purification. And so today, as we come to receive the Holy Eucharist, something came to my mind and heart as I was writing this sermon. What I need to do when I receive Christ today in the bread and wine of the Eucharist is say, Lord Jesus, purify my heart. And I hope that you will say the very same thing. Amen. Amen.